Find us on Nintendo.com and join our Discord and ask a question in the question block. We put the donkey in Donkey Kong. Infendo Radio is on now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Infendo Radio, a special edition of Infendo Radio. It's a different time. I've got coffee this time. Um, we're joined by a special guest, actually. So, Justin, I don't really care about you right now. Um, MBZ, how are you doing today? Tell the people who you are. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people on your neck of the woods might be listening to us so they know who you are. But uh, a lot of our listeners may not. So uh, thanks for joining us. Who are you? Hello, thanks for having me guys. Uh, yes, I'm MBZ. Uh, I host a podcast called This Nintendo Life. We've been going almost 10 years, so uh, not quite as long as you guys, but um, yeah, for certainly a good chunk of time here. And uh, yeah, we, we do a show every couple of weeks um, where we talk about Nintendo and the games we've been playing, the news that's happening, all those fun different things and uh, lots of community interaction, emails, those types of stuff. So um, yeah, it's, it's a great time and uh, I've, I've been a podcast fiend since... Know, like 2010 when i first went to uni i started listening to a lot of podcasts sure and um people often give me like a weird look when i tell them how many podcasts i listen to and like the number of hours <laughs> i think my app like it's in days oh, basically of like the number yeah. of, like it's like 150 days every year is uh, in terms of hours is how many podcasts i listen to uh so so yeah i always um, wanted to do one and then we started it back in uh like 2013 i guess um so yeah excellent I've been doing it ever since and uh yeah that's that's that i guess well, we're happy to have you. Um, Justin's the one that brought you in. So how are you doing tonight, mm-hmm. Justin? Um, you've got a new look. We haven't done a video episode for a while, but I am thrown oh. off. So I'm just going to tell so you So I've been setting up this green screen every week for no reason. I see how that is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I uh, the, the attempt at a handlebar mustache that I have been attempting for a couple of years now just kind of got the better of me so i decided to shave it off i'll probably grow it back uh later but you know those of you who are used to the video podcasts, yeah i'm looking sporting a different look um doing pretty well uh it's it's about noon my time which you know as eugene mentioned is a little unusual for us so i am also drinking coffee um i I, I did invite NBZ over. Uh, I also used to be an avid podcast listener. Um, and back when I listened to more one more than one podcast a month, this Nintendo Life was one of the ones that was always, you know, every week, I, I always made sure to listen to it. So um, when we had a chance to, to you know, do a collaboration, I'm like, hey, let's let's do it. Let's you know, let's let's get our get our crews together. So glad yeah, to have absolutely. you aboard. Yeah, yeah. And folks can go back into the archives of our show and listen to I think about a year and a half ago. Uh, you oh, came that's on right. to uh, our podcast. Um, so yeah, was it that long ago? Yeah, it Time, was when, man. Um, I am yeah, was... so sorry that it took us this long to get you on. <laughs> no, it's no worries. It's, uh, it was back when my co-host was having a baby, so he was off on mm. paternity leave from the podcast, basically, for a couple of months. Uh, and so I, I asked Justin if he uh, wanted to guest, and yeah, it was a great show. So if, if people God, want to go check that out. I can't believe it was that long again. ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, well um, we're happy to have you. We are going to talk Nintendo and otherwise. Um, first, let's talk a little bit news, I guess. I know you guys just got an episode, but so we just got, uh, you know, whatever news we talked about last week. There's a little bit of a news drop um, since then. Mortal Kombat 1, um, it announced that there's some DLC, or, or I don't even know if it's DLC, but it now, there's announced that there's going to be Homelander and all of these, like, Video, uh, characters from comic books that I like. So, um, Justin, you're the Mortal Kombat guy. Have you heard about this? 
Yeah, so it looks like they're doing basically the same thing they did with Mortal Kombat 11, where, you know, they're basically saying, yeah, the game that you're buying on day one is not going to be the full game. We're letting you know right right now, and you're going to spend another 60 bucks on, on DLC before the game is actually over. At least. Um, yeah, I am I am lukewarm on this. I spent way more money on Mortal Kombat 11 than I really should have between um, buying the DLC when it came out instead of waiting for, you know, the inevitable Ultimate Edition with major price drop. Um, plus, I spent money on all the crystals so that I could get the, you know, extra DLC stuff and all that. And, like, I'm not doing that this time. I am, I am going to keep playing Mortal Kombat 11 on my Switch until the Mortal Kombat 1 Ultimate Edition comes out. You know out. it's coming. And and the price drops to fifteen bucks, like Mortal Kombat Eleven keeps doing, and then then I'm gonna get it. I love Mortal Kombat; it is one of my favorite gaming franchises, let alone fighting franchises. But like this is, this, it's not for me, man. This this spending hundreds of dollars on video games. I watch my kids do it with <laughs> Fortnite and Roblox, mm. and I'm like, I, no. <laughs> um, I did it the one time, yeah. and and. And just to show my support for having Mortal Kombat on the Switch, and but I could I see doing it know. if I was gonna get into like the you know the online play and you know getting in with the yeah. online meta and everything like that. But that's just not where I'm at with Mortal Kombat. You know, like I did that for Smash. Um, not that mm. Smash is ever gonna get any you know discounts or anything because it's Nintendo. But that's besides the 33% point. Thirty-three you know, like, percent is the most you can you can hope. Yeah. Nintendo. They do that. <laughs> yeah. After two years, they're like, hey, here's a third off, maybe. It, exactly. Or here's a coupon voucher, I guess. Do you guys have yeah. those vouchers over in England? You guys do, right? The whatever. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting because they actually. Um, they never went away for us. So you know how they they brought them out and then they took them oh, away. Oh yeah. The US. They never got rid of them over here, so we've had them the whole time. And I know they've brought them back now after Tears of the Kingdom had its like seventy dollars price and everything. Um, but we've always had them here, and it's a really interesting situation over here because pricing is slightly different. Where I know you guys, you basically it's sixty dollars everywhere across the board uh, on the shop right. and everything. Re uh, pricing for retailers is super different here where it's like 60 quid on the eShop but usually you can find games for like 44, 40 like at retailers um, so it's a pretty massive gap and it means that I, I'm someone who would prefer to go all digital because I've got like big SD card and it's just easier not swapping out cartridges sure. but um, it tends to be the case it's way cheaper for me to just buy retail uh, so I, I have physical that's for so stuff interesting. like Pikmin I got physical because it's just so much cheaper than buying it digitally and see I'm yeah, the opposite know. you know like I, I can usually get yeah. it cheaper with like Justin's probably about to say Rays and all this other stuff that he uses mm. and he's turned me on I to that I was going to mention that but I, I was going to talk about I don't know if you guys have Walmart over there but uh, no. Walmart over here actually typically sells new games at discounted prices because mm -hmm. you know they're a big box store and all that so like when I bought Mortal Kombat it only cost me I think $50 because it it's like a just came out on, on sale right. yeah. but uh but yeah for the most part yeah the same thing like whatever it is online or in digital, it's the same price on store shelves, mm -hmm. and they fight to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, so then it ends up being where, like, okay, I'm going to use a voucher, or I'm going to find, you know, yes. find some cheap eShop credit and buy it digitally. But I actually would prefer to uh, go physical because me and my wife both have a switch you know so like we mm, you know swapping yeah. cartridges is kind of the easier way i know nintendo lets you do the online thing but i just 
don't, yeah, it just, it's it just kind of feels like a bit of a like mess it. to set that up as well. Uh, yeah, like it's not easy, and it feels like you're jumping through loopholes to do it. Um, yeah, it's definitely beneficial. Like um, Bali and I, my co-host, we've traded ga- physical games often on the show of like, oh, I want you to play this so you can have this for a mm-hmm. while. Like I'm borrowing his copy of Octopath Traveler two right now because I didn't want to get that at launch, and uh, you know that's that's great and it, it's really helpful. Right. So it does uh, have its benefits for sure. Totally. So, but uh, yeah, I guess Justin, we probably won't be hearing you from you about Mortal Kombat One for a couple of months. That it sounds like, and honestly, probably maybe for the better. So, I guess uh, let us know when yeah, uh, I mean, when you get it. It sucks because you know it, it's it's another reboot, and I love that Mortal Kombat One through Three era. That was my, you know that that was my era. I grew up with it in the arcades, mm. so it's going to be kind of sad to miss out on all of that, but. I just can't justify spending $110 to have it day one and then mm-hmm. another $30 every few months just to get a few extra characters. You know, it's just... Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm already looking at getting that uh, AEW uh, Fight Forever or whatever it's mm, called, yeah. that, that wrestling game that's made by the makers of uh, uh, WWF No Mercy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Ukes, right? Because the mm-hmm. AEW are Ukes. working with Ukes who... Yeah, the other games. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 already looking into getting that, and that has DLC and and everything. So you know, yeah. I already yeah, have yeah, Mortal Kombat. I don't have a wrestling. So <laughs> how how is the version of Mortal Kombat 11 on Switch? Because it is a series that when I look at it now, like it is really pushing fidelity on the other platforms. So how does that kind of hold up? So I mean, it looks like a Switch game. Mm. Uh, so you know, you're it's. It's definitely, if you are looking for that graphical fidelity, you're not going to get it on the Switch. But for what it is, it's great. Like, I did, mo- I do most of my playing handheld, so yeah. you don't really see sure. as much detail that way to begin with. Um, and then, like, it looks good enough. Like, honestly, the... I. I've said this. It runs well, uh, right? You said it runs. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. It runs. It runs really smoothly. Um, at least thirty frames per second most of the time, um, and the graphics like you miss out on a lot of the kind of like shading and and stuff like that that you get in the the bigger systems, but like everything's animated fine. The character mm-hmm. models look fine. It's a little bit on the shiny side, but. I mean, when you're just mashing buttons and and pulling off special moves and fatalities, it really doesn't. It really doesn't like make that much of a difference. Okay, cool. Well, then I guess then let's talk about the games we've been playing. It sounds like you and I may have been playing the same game because I just got Pikmin and mm-hmm. actually super excited about it. I haven't gotten very far into it. Are okay. you? How much of the Pikmin games have you played? Have you played all the other ones? No, so um, back when I was younger, uh, my friend had Pikmin 2, uh, and I went over to his house, and, I, and we played the multiplayer of Pikmin 2 back then, and sure. I didn't really understand it at the time. I was like, what's going on here? I'm not really sure what this is. It was mm-hmm. a very new, different thing uh, for that era. Um, Pikmin so 2 is hard, like, too. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I kind of just, like, because of that experience, I just decided, oh, this is probably not for me, and so I, I didn't really pay much attention to it. Then, uh, when the Wii U happened and Pikmin 3 was announced, um, that same friend also got Pikmin 3 on the Wii U, and um, he said it was amazing, uh, you know, loved it so much, then gave me uh, the copy to borrow, uh, and I, I played through the whole thing and fell in love with it. Basically, Pikmin 3, I thought, was sure. amazing. Just a fantastic yes. game. And one of the best uses of the Wii U as a system, just the gamepad 
had having the map screen being able to kind of like command everybody to go different places as well as using the Wii Remote and Nunchuck for motion still I think one of the best uses of motion control is Pikmin 3 just how totally. smooth it is how easy it is to point places um so it really feels like you're in a command center essentially playing that game um and you know i i loved how how good it looks the the depth of it and just like the, the big bosses that sort of stuff was really appealing yeah. to me so yeah i really the second it was a great that. use of the second screen too for um mm -hmm. when if you were playing on uh could you even play that one handheld only i don't even remember but anyways i yeah I, i'm not sure if you could yeah I, it just seemed like it was a uh, perfect for that game, right? Because you got your map, mm -hmm. you can know, and then you can just like kind of navigate perfectly that way. But yeah, no, I I kind of with you there. I uh, um I've played them all. I've never played Pikmin three to completion, so I'm actually going to be working on that okay. probably before I finish this new one. But I wanted to touch a little bit on. Um, do you know anything about the story? Like what's going on with like Louie and all that stuff. He's a jerk. Uh, just just know that I mean, Louis a jerk if oh, you okay. don't know. <laughs> I just know that Louis, he's in um, he's in Smash, right? You can play as him in Smash. So yeah, he's like Olimar and him, right? Yeah. So I guess quick backstory because I, I just I don't know why I love the the Pikmin lore so much. It's just funny to That's me. That's great. So, I don't know a lot about it, so yeah, it'd be good to get filled in on all of this. So Pikmin one, Olimar gets hit by an asteroid. You know he has to get back to his home planet. At the end of the game, he finds out that um, that uh, his company is like going bankrupt or whatever because somebody um, lost a shipment. Turns out that it was Louis that ended up losing that shipment. But you ended up you end up finding out that he didn't actually lose the shipment. He just like ate the shipment. Like he ate all of these precious fruit that were in the shipment that they were gonna sell and um, bankrupted the company and didn't tell anybody. So that's mm. that's like Pikmin one going into two, and then into Pikmin two, you find out that um, so I forget if this is Pikmin two or Pikmin three. But in any case, you find out that because uh, you know you're not playing as Captain Olimar, you're playing as like two other characters, right? So there's somebody that's yeah. sending a, dis a a distress signal. So um, mm -hmm. you know you find go and you try and save um, the person that's having the distress signal. At the end, you find out that Louis is is the one that's uh, that's behind the whole thing the, the whole time. You know, it's not uh, Captain Olimar. You save him, but Louis is. Yeah the one that kind of like um the that messes up the other planet i forget what it's called that the other planet that the two people from pikmin 2 are from because they're you know they're just Hockate trying to is like the pick the their planet Hockate is like all the mars planet from, right yeah yes. and then the other two people in pikmin 2 they're from another planet and their planet is like going okay. desolate or something like that so then pikmin 3 and i've never beaten this one all the way through i apparently there's yeah. a big thing with um louis if you beat it all the way through so that's why i want to beat pikmin 3 to learn louis lore and then oh, i okay. want to go into pikmin 4 hard just want to go into that hard because yeah. it's uh it's, it's fun pikmin's a fun franchise you know it's just different it's, it's definitely franchise. one of it's it's one of nintendo's most unique franchises for sure so yeah i like it a lot yeah it's also interesting with the naming stuff right how like ollie ma is basically mario like right and like uh like it should be ori ma because of how japanese say uh l stuff like that and then right. Louis is like luigi um right i think people were a bit annoyed that ochi wasn't more yoshi kind of tied like you can kind of oh see it, but, i um... didn't put that together but that's good yeah that's right yeah, yeah. 
Um, so so it's a, it's a fun inversion in that way for sure with those characters and yeah I mean Pikmin 4 seems like it's doing I guess maybe a similar thing to Pikmin 2 in a few mm-hmm. different ways if you're talking about like Olimar's being stranded in Pikmin 2 and other people are going to get him mm-hmm. similar thing is happening here right where right. Olimar's stranded uh you have to go find him with a rescue team but i think also because pikmin 2 had the caves and that's such a big part of pikmin 4 so far right. so um i'm about nine hours in so i played a little oh, bit wow. like okay yesterday today and uh, on friday night and um yeah i'm really loving it so far but it does feel like the focus of this game is smaller more condensed overworld sections but lots of different caves you can go down and those caves vary in their length they're getting the biggest one I've done so far had six floors, and that's only in the second area. Um, so I imagine, like, when we get to, like, the fifth, sixth, however many areas there are in this game, we're right. going to get, like, 10, 12-floor dungeons, essentially, where you are kind of resource-constrained, where you can't get new Pikmin easily, and you basically have to make sure you're surviving down there. It's, it's sure. a fun, like, reflection of what Zelda did as well, uh, in terms of going down underground and doing a lot of stuff down sure. there. Sure. Sure. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I haven't gotten that far into Pikmin 4. Like I said, only kind of just did the um, what's in the available in the demo. But I'm loving it so far. Okay. And then it it really made me want to go back and finish Pikmin 3 because I want to, you know, like I said, I want to know exactly what's going on with that little a hole Louis because he's, uh, yeah, you know, he's he's off doing some mischief. Um, Justin, have you played any of the Pikmin franchise? Are you familiar with any of the, um, you know, the stuff going on in the no- lore? I have not. Um, I I bought uh, Pikmin one on the Wii U just before the eShop closed. Of course, now it's on the Switch, so that's yep. useless. But um, and I've had Pikmin three on both the Wii U and the Switch because my oldest son wanted it. But um, I've never actually played a Pikmin game of any kind, so mm. uh, I'm. I really want to just kind of dive in on the ground floor and and you know get Pikmin one and play play that through just to kind of get a feel for it. But sure. uh, I keep hearing great things about uh, Pikmin three and and you know the Pikmin four sounds fascinating. It's just you know it's strategy games are not mm. usually something that that interests me. But you know Miyamoto sure. has this way of taking taking games that I wouldn't normally like and making me like them, so... Yeah, that's the thing with Pikmin, is it it is a strategy game, but it doesn't necessarily feel like one in a lot of ways. I think um, Pikmin 4 feels slightly different to me, in that 3 very much had this overarching, you're getting different people to go different places and managing lots of different stuff. And this one, and I think the other thing to say about the previous Pikmin games is they all have some kind of time constraint where either you have to finish it within a certain number of days or in Pikmin 3, you have to make sure you have enough juice to keep going, otherwise game over or whatever. Whereas there's no time constraint in Pikmin 4 at all so far, which is interesting. It's changed the way I've approached it because it's made it more of a collect-a-thon than anything else. Like, I feel compelled to 100% everything in this game, whereas I didn't feel that way about Pikmin 3, and I think it's interesting they've kind of pivoted that, and they've made it a bit more relaxing and a bit more approachable, so if you want to jump in, I would say totally with the demo is actually quite a good one to jump into because and, and be really I have the demo so you know one of these days I'll you know when I can stop playing Tears of the Kingdom for long enough I'll give <laughs> it a try but 
I like that they do have the one and two on the eShop too, right? So I think, I guess yeah. that you can kind of, if you really wanted to get it onto the story, but it's, you know, you don't really need to. Go watch a YouTube video if you want to know about the story, <laughs> um, I guess, you know? So it's, it's not much there, but I, you know, I'm weird like that. Um, the one thing I do like about Pikmin 4 is there's a lot of, um, I guess, small quality of life changes um, to the game. Like you already mentioned that there's no like timer and th anything like that. But one thing that, um, and I think some online outlets have pointed this out too. I like how like when you um, do anything on the map and then you're trying, you uh, um, like place your character there or whatever, you're facing in the direction that the... Um, that the you're facing on the map so like you don't have to like orientate yourself when you're yeah when you like do a fast travel type of thing or whatever you know what i mean so i actually mm -hmm. kind of appreciate that because i'm really uh it takes me a, a hot minute to like okay like i'm in this part of the map but where exactly in the map am i relative to where i place my marker you know so that yeah. that was um little touch right but like it's yeah very welcome the map's really good as well because it shows like the star icons for where all the treasures are and stuff like that and it will right. say it will do this little kind of like arrow thing to say oh you haven't been here yet and once you've completed a cave it puts a little flag to say you've done this so it's a nice very visually easy to see what you haven't, mm -hmm. haven't done yet which is great i think totally the only thing i guess i would be missing is the because uh, we were just talking about the wii u that second screen experience i kind of miss that yeah. i guess you know like there's uh, mm -hmm. there definitely was something to that for sure Oh, actually, that's something I'm, I'm, I was actually curious about. So, I know that, you know, Pikmin has gone from the GameCube to the Wii to the Wii U and, and then the Switch. Are all of those different control options there? Like, can you play with pointer or touchscreen or, uh, or regular controller? I think I some stuff is in there. I haven't tried yeah. with the Joy-Cons, but I think there is some motion amalgamation. The thing is, this game has really been designed with controller um, as the main thing. It, it controls very differently yeah. from previous Pikmin games in that you have a cursor that goes in front of you and it will automatically lock onto objects and enemies for you so you don't necessarily have to aim manually. So I think sure. the game's been designed around that, which makes it easier. But um, I think some of that stuff is in there. I don't know if you've i've i've only played with my pro controller so yeah i i could i'll have to get back to you on that justin i'm just curious because i know like like so many people swear by one control method over the other so when sure. it came out on the wii some people were like oh this is so much better or mm. you know the controller was better and then we had the touch screen with the wii u so i'm like did nintendo just throw all the ingredients into the pot and be like here play it however you want <laughs> That would be the, the 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 nice thing for them to do, but I just don't know. I but I agree with you though because like uh, like going back and playing Resident Evil Four, for example, I without a Wii remote and a nunchuck, that game feels broken to me. You know, like Resident Evil Four on the Wii was just like the perfect way to play Resident Evil Four, and now they've released it about 800 other times. But um, I feel like that was like my sweet spot, you know, like because you can, um, you know, move around with your nunchuck, but still kind of like aim as you're as you're moving. It was just it was perfect. I loved it. So, yeah, um, I have that game I, on like two or three different systems and have never played it. <laughs> I, I definitely am going to be playing more of Pikmin Four, but like I said, I've played literally what's in the the demo at this point, and that's kind of it. So. Um, any, any final closing thoughts, MBZ, on uh, Pikmin 4 for yeah, you? Yeah, it, it feels like it's going to be quite a meaty game. I've heard people, reviewers out there, say it's between 25, 30 hours long, which... Oh, I mean, wow, that maybe long. Maybe the longest, yeah. 
Yeah, it might be the longest Pikmin game, but um, yeah, I, as I said, I'm about 10-ish hours in, and uh, I'm only like three areas in, but it's because like I have enough Sparklium to do like two more areas, but I'm going at the pace of like, I want 100% this before I move on, essentially. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a little annoying of like, I have one area that's a 99%, but I know I can't finish it until I get a certain type of Pikmin. <laughs> so it's that thing where you have to sure. go forward to then go back to then 100% it. So right. um, yeah, it definitely has me and um, I'm going to be wanting to, like it feels like a kind of collectathon platformer in that way of like, you want to get every sure. single object. And there's fun objects like um, like old Nintendo consoles, like the demo had the GBA SP that you collected. So I right. just, I'm excited to see what other, because I want to see a GameCube, right? I want to I want to grab a GameCube yeah. and put it to my base, uh, all that stuff sounds really fun so yeah. a virtual boy that's what i want yeah oh, that'd be great <laughs> although uh yeah we'll see i guess but okay great well then um have you been playing any other games besides pikmin maybe you want to talk about tears of the kingdom if you haven't talked to death about that on your other show <laughs> sure i think i finished Tears of the kingdom about a month ago i think um I, I did a very condensed uh i did like 115 hours in that game um and yeah play played a good amount but it's, it still feels like uh there's so much more for me to do like i have just a yeah. log of side quests that just go on forever and ever and oh, yeah, i'm pretty sure i'm up to 200 hours at this point <laughs> wow yeah yeah uh, it, it does feel like the endless gob stopper like i almost like it that way of I will always have something to go back to with this game if I want to. So um, yeah, sure. I'm kind of kind of leaving it at the moment. But um, yeah, I mean the the only other thing I've been playing is a non Nintendo thing. But Final Fantasy 16, uh, I've put a lot of hours into that, um, mm -hmm. and um, and I've actually been playing uh, on 3DS Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm alongside that because music uh, in that game is really good, and Theater Rhythm is just a great way of celebrating that series from a musical perspective. Um, and I'm interested sure. in the Switch version of Theater Rhythm, but the thing that puts me off is I really like the touchscreen on 3DS. Like, I've been playing it in bed, like, with the touchscreen, and it has, like, different right. modes where, you know, you you can tap uh, for certain ones or you can, like, slide up and down because there's, like, waveforms that you kind of need to be in the same uh, realm as, and it's much easier, I find, on a touchscreen than using an analog stick. So um, sure. it's one of those games where I almost think I'll end up preferring the 3DS version as opposed to the Switch version because it's touchscreen focused, um, which, uh, yeah. Is it kind of, well. I've, I've never played those games. Is it kind of like Elite Beat Agents where you got to like hit certain spots on the screen or? Not quite. It's kind of like Guitar Hero in That's the sense that That's what I that thought it was. There are like four lines that go across, and I never knew how this worked when I watched it and didn't play it myself, but you can tap anywhere for any of those lines. So it's basically just break it. Instead of just doing one line continuously, it just breaks it up into four so your brain can kind of catch up. Um, sure. But it is just like as soon as it hits the thing, you just tap or hold or hold and tap or whatever. There's multiple different things you can do. But yeah, it, it is kind of a more Guitar Hero thing. It has a weird kind of right. slightly RPG element to you can build a party. So like you take your favorite Final Fantasy characters and put them all together and they level up. I don't... Doesn't really do much from what I've seen. I've put a good number of hours into it, and I'm like, but they had I have to like put level it in 99. There. Yeah, I've like level 99 characters. I don't know if this makes a difference because really it should be about how good you are at the rhythm game itself for your success. But um, it's in there if you're interested in that sort of stuff. But um, there's a lot of music in there, so I'm basically just going through playing every single track. So I've already done all of six and all of seven. 
Uh, those are my two favorites from a musical perspective as well as just from a game perspective. Um, and yeah, there's. I think one of the things about it is it's making me want to go and play other Final Fantasy games so that I can then get familiar with the music to then come back to this game and be like, oh, I know it all now and I can I can enjoy it more. But, um, sure. Yeah, it's working really well. I, I want to hear about a little bit of your time with Final Fantasy 16 too because that's like the one sure. game that's getting me like the closest to get a PlayStation 5 because, you know, it's not on Xbox. Okay. So. Yeah, it's... um. That game has like some of the highest highs and then also some of the lowest lows in a game that I played in recent times where the spectacle of it, some of these boss fights are just the most insane thing I have ever seen on screen. Just like absolutely ridiculous, um, really strong narrative as well. But then you get to some side quests where you're like, you, you basically do this explosive, like massive fight that is earth shaking. And then you go back to your, you know, your hideout and they're like, can you go and get me some flowers from this garden? <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm just going to go and do these kind of menial tasks. And um, I, I enjoy the sure. side quests because they actually are like kind of a, a pace breaker because there's so much high octane uh -huh. action that you're like, I need a bit of a breather. Um, but I, it feels a little bit tonal whiplash in a way. Um, but um, sure. but yeah, I th I, I've been really enjoying it. It's, it is really, basically, if you, if you want anything other than combat and cutscenes, you're not really going to find it here. It doesn't feel mm -hmm. like an RPG. It's it's basically a Devil May Cry game in a lot of ways. It's just full-on sure. action. Um, yeah, I heard that it's a lot of uh, God of War vibes in that game. Yes. Yeah, for sure. It, it does feel like a first-party Sony game, right? Of, of that type, like a God of War, where mm -hmm. it is story and combat, and there's like light exploration, but not really. There are these big fields, but there's nothing in them. Like, you, you you know shiny spots that you can find on the ground in a lot of games? So you walk over to them and right. you get something. Like, right. you, you'll find, like, two gill on the ground. It's like, why did it... What's the point of that? Like, <laughs> sure. And it took um, me two minutes to walk this direction. Exactly. Yeah. Es yeah. Especially when, you know, from my experience of Final Fantasy, after you've been playing the game for so many hours, like, you're basically got hundreds of thousands of gill in your yeah. inventory, so... <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a drop in the bucket. It makes no difference. So it's, it, um, it really feels like if you're a big RPG Square fan, this isn't really the game for you, right? It, it is going a very different direction. Sure. I think they're trying to appeal to a more modern, more casual audience. I think it's working uh, for that stuff. But um, it, yeah, it doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy game in a lot of gameplay ways. I think story-wise, it's really picking up the slack. The story is excellent. The voice mm -hmm. acting, fantastic. Like, I'm very hooked in, and I want to keep playing to see what happens, which is a good sign. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, if you're a classic Nintendo fan, and you like, you know, the turn-based Final Fantasies, from a gameplay perspective, you're not going to get that from this, unfortunately. But, um, and I'm, I'm yeah. honestly there for the weird, wacky, wackadoo, like, 100 yeah. chains on my shirt. That That's what I'm there for. It's just, like, the weird... What did they come up with this time, you know? Because... Uh, uh, probably my favorite fan of fantasy is 13 and a lot of people hate that one oh but, nice um, i just i love it as well just, so i'm with you man I love yeah 13. it's yeah. good it's, i liked all those ones yeah. 13 2 13 like i was there for that yeah. vanille did not bug me enough um so but you know i was like uh um I, you know i'm there for the the weird wackadoo story and you're what you're telling me is not turning me off to it i just wish okay, i didn't have to cool. buy a, a 600 console to get it you know i don't yeah, that's kind of like yeah. the deal breaker for me yeah, I will say as well, like, for a game that's only on one platform, the performance of it is really bad. Like, it's it should, for the really? performance mode, it should, yeah, it should be, 
like a lot of these games you're like okay flawless 60 because it's just for the ps5 they made it for that system it is bouncing all over the place like it is really really poorly optimized um which is bad i think and uh it's disappointing i very disappointing i know it's gonna come to pc at some point i don't know if it will come to xbox ever because sony have weird exclusive money tied up with square yeah. But, um, but yeah pc's think... probably where i'll get it that makes sense and by then hopefully it will you'll be able to just graphics it to not you know have those issues and it'll right. be a much better experience right. on there anyway so yeah i think it's worth waiting on yeah, because if I'm going to pay, uh, I mean, I want a PS5 bad, but like, I just, I, if I'm going to pay $500, $600 for something, I'm going to get a new graphics card. So like, that's, that's yeah, kind of where exactly. I'm at, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So, well, cool. Well, I'm uh, excited that you're having fun with it, at least. Uh, it's, uh, mm -hmm. I've been looking um, from afar and listening to other podcasts of people talking about it and, you know, jealously... Uh, thinking about what i'm not playing i guess but uh justin what are you playing are you still just playing tears of the kingdom what, what you got going on over there so what i was afraid would happen happened after i beat the the main story quests of tears of the kingdom i kind of dropped off mm -hmm. um i mean i'll still boot it up do side quests i'm still trying to find the rest of the shrines in fact i spent about an hour last night trying to find one shrine in particular that I still didn't find, so I'm clearly going to have to, you know, look up a guide on that one. But um, I actually ended up booting up uh, Breath of the Wild a few times oh, because okay. beating Tears of the Kingdom made me want to go back and beat Breath of the Wild again because, sure. as, as I mentioned last week, the last and only time I ever beat that game was about six months after it came out, and I never challenged the final boss again after that. So, um, you know, it just kind of made me want to, you know, go and do that again. So I booted it up, and oh my god. On Master god, Mode? Going from... Yes, on Master Mode. Because uh, that's the okay. only... If, unless I want to go back... Unless I want to go back to my U. Wii U, yeah. that's the only save I have that's that far along. Um, but going back to the user interface on Breath of the Wild after Tears of the Kingdom is painful. Like, sure. I, I keep on pressing the, the the L button to try to bring up the, you know, the, uh, uh, what do you call them, the Sheikah the room, abilities? Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> which, which are on the up button in, in uh, Breath of the Wild, and yeah. navigating the menus, you can't, you know, just kind of swipe from page to page or swipe from section to section. You have to go page by page. And oh, yeah. so I, I, I fiddled with that for a little while. Um, the number of times I tried to glide across something and get, you know, that extra gust of wind mm -hmm. to move me along. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's not in this game. So, I mean, it is, it is ridiculous for all the countless hours, hundreds, hundreds of hours I've put into Breath of the Wild I've played so much Tears of the Kingdom and is so much more refined that mm -hmm. going back to Breath of the Wild is difficult. But yeah, um, I do plan on just kind of taking an hour or so out of out of one of these evenings and just you know fighting Calamity Ganon again and and kind of getting a, a feel, maybe watching the the memories, kind of getting a feel for that game and kind of merging it with with Tears of the Kingdom because I mean this is really the first time I mean. They've done sequels to Zelda games before, but this is the first time they've actually done a direct sequel 
in tone, in story, and sure. every like like you know like this is clearly a direct continuation, um, and prequel. Like it's <laughs> like it really like makes this world kind of self-contained in a way that most Zelda games have never been. So you know like playing the one makes me want to go back to the other and, and all that. So I just kind of want to combine right. the experience as much as possible. I never um, finished the DLC either, so I probably should go back and do that. Yeah, um the 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 Champions Ballad was a was a good DLC. The uh I can't remember what the the first one was, but the the Master Trials or whatever. Yeah, it was I got like Eventide Island but going down floors yeah. and floors of it. Yeah, right. I yeah. I got through the first one of those barely by the skin of my teeth, and I could not get through the second. Um, I haven't even attempted it on master mode. Um, I remember Lucas saying how it how difficult it was. Lucas has gaming skills that I just cannot comprehend. The fact that he's done all of the um, expansion stuff for. Uh, Breath of the Wild in both regular and master mode. This is wow. this is somebody who I don't know if you listen to our podcast didn't even like Breath of the Wild, <laughs> and he <laughs> he I mean he didn't hate it, but he like it's probably far from his favorite Zelda game, and he's played it for hundreds of hours and done master mode and all of the expansions, um, and he can do it. Like I did, I did he don't... do all the Korok seeds? Is that why? I don't know whether he did all the Korok seeds, um, yeah. but I do know People that he who did do all the Korok seeds hate themselves. Uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my stance. Yeah. I appreciate the fact that there are so many of them because you never yeah. run out of things to look for. But yeah, totally. I've never made it. I think, I think at least in Breath of the Wild, there are twice as many Koroks as you need to upgrade all of your yeah. inventory completely. Mm -hmm. So like clearly, they just put them there so that people who 100% the game still have something to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, Lucas, when when the when the expansions came out, Lucas had done the Master Trials in Master Mode and was talking about how difficult it was and I can't even do it in Normal Mode. So um, that's something I will probably never complete. He's also beaten uh, Zelda 2 on the NES with no cheats or, or, or rewinds <laughs> or anything like that. And, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Lucas has some game some serious uh, game genie skills. all the way for me. That's oh yeah, I, uh, that's the only way I was able to get through that back in the day. Game genie, yeah. man. Oh my goodness, if, I still I haven't. Ever, <laughs> yeah, if I ever went back to Zelda one and two, which are the two games that I probably will never play in the series, um, it would sure. be save states all the way. Like I am, I don't have the patience for that anymore, and I <laughs> right. there's a lot of right. archaic game design there. So yeah. patience or time, like that's yeah. my thing. Is like. And I've mentioned this before, but like Cuphead, I absolutely love Cuphead as a game, but it takes me about an hour, sometimes an hour and a half to get through a single stage. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. and you have to get into I don't a have that too, kind of, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah like so, I don't yeah. have that kind of time. Like I wish that I could just turn on like a God mode or you know something to give me like double HP or something like that because. Like, I really want to play so many of these games, but I just don't have the patience to, oh, I died, let's go all the way back to square one. And that's why I love, like, as challenging as 
uh, Breath of the Wild and Master Mode and like the beginning of Tears of the Kingdom. And all, as challenging as those things are, when you die, you lose like maybe at most five minutes of progress. Yeah, the checkpointing is really good, especially for a game yeah. that's fully open world. Yeah. Like they plop you right back where you were. Yeah, yeah it's pretty so good. like anytime you encounter an enemy, anytime you you fast travel to anywhere, open and treasures, mm -hmm. it, it automatically saves. So yeah. like it's just so easy to oh I failed, let me try again, let me try again. Nope, screw it, I'm gonna do something else. On that um, point, have you guys done any of the coliseums down in the depths? I yeah. have. They're um, hard. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the thing about it, the first one that I did, I realized I died, and then it spawned me before that wave. So all the oh, waves I had mm -hmm. done, it just counts mm -hmm. them as done. And you're like, oh, I just get to go back to this wave, which is really nice from a checkpointing standpoint. I totally. didn't realize that. Of course, I haven't died in a long time, because back when the duplication glitch was easy to do, <laughs> sure, right, I yes. uh, duplicated about, like, 35 to 40 fairies, and oh, I still wow, have okay. 18 of those left. So. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I did. all the way. Yeah, I, I just did I, it for I, the control sticks for the Zonai devices. I'm like, I just always need a control stick. So oh I my might God, well I just have... make myself like 200. So I've never run out of them. So yeah, that was right. my main goal with that. I have over 100 of those because rather than duplicating any of the Zonai devices on their own, I just duplicated the giant... Uh, Zonai charges. charges. Yeah. Oh, so right. I had yeah. over a hundred of those. So every time I found a new machine, I dumped five big ones in and got like sixty orbs. You get so, so much for doing the big ones. <laughs> I know. I and know. now I... that now that I've uh, like upgraded my my battery to full, now you can go and buy the individual parts that you need from from the the same. Oh really? Guys. Oh yeah. Wow. So okay. Yeah. So if you get eight blue batteries so like double upgraded batteries basically yeah and you go i haven't i've upgraded up my battery once actually I, I you know what i do i just rely wow. on the large zonite charges and because <laughs> i have so many of them i'm wow. like eh, just eat one and then yeah okay yeah, no, I, you, i'm gonna have to go do that then yeah yeah once you've upgraded it all the way so there, there are eight batteries and then you like get a double charge on on all eight batteries and then after you've done that when you go to the 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 zoni thing that you know does the upgrades for you and talk to him he will actually allow you to buy whatever zoni device you want individually that's all of them handy are, yeah all of them are three crystals each except for the big batteries that are 30 so like wow. if you just want to go and buy like it, it usually has like 10 in its inventory so if you want to go and just like buy 10 fans just give them 30 of your crystals and, and you got your 10 fans. Like, you don't is, even have to there, worry about. Is there anywhere in the depths where you can both buy the crystals and the upgrades in one spot? Or is that, do you always have to, like. So. That's so yeah. annoying always, to me. Yeah, I yeah. always went to the guy outside of uh, Lookout Landing for upgrading them. Yeah. Um, I, there's multiple other ones, but that's the one I was fast traveled to. I used to fast travel to that one until I realized that um, the Room of Awakening, there's one, like, right over there. So if you, oh, really? if you, if you warp to that one, all you got to do is just, like, run across the room and there's, and there's, huh. and there's, oh, so yeah, I started I forgot using that, that. One. I forgot yeah. there's stuff in the sky. I, I barely explored the sky in this game. I feel like I beat this game, put 250 hours into it, and barely have played this game if it makes sense, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, nuts, isn't it? Like, the sky isn't as as um 
fleshed out as like even the depths and the and the depths is kind of uh, a whole lot of the same anyway but yeah. i mean there's some really interesting stuff there um there are challenges that you can do where like you have challenges to, are good fun yeah yeah like where you have to dive Those out of the fun. sky or where you have to you know the the shrine puzzles where you have to take the crystal and carry yes. it to mm -hmm. You have all those to do in the sky where you usually have to go to another sky island and either find or, or defeat a mini boss to get it. And then you have to figure out how to get it from this sky island over to that sky island to actually activate it. So right. there's some interesting stuff in the sky. It's definitely it's definitely a step up from Skyward Sword where, yes. you know, there might be a treasure chest there and that's about it. Sure. Um, there are a few sky islands that, that are kind of pointless but yeah. there's definitely a whole lot more to do in the sky in this game uh than it initially seems it's a lot more sparse than i expected i think especially yeah. when you think about the tutorial island is the biggest landmass in the sky and there's nothing else right. that really comes close to it um, right so yeah, yeah I, like i would have liked a bit more but they if we're thinking dlc like that's a place they can easily populate that's very true. True. yeah you don't have it's to do true. any like you don't have to do any like like changing of the terrain right. of mm -hmm. the lower parts. You just you know spawn in a new sky island. That's that's yeah. actually fascinating, especially considering like Tears of the Kingdom apparently started as DLC for Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. So my guess is that it was probably their intention to begin with is like, hey, let's sure. put islands in the sky. Nope, let's yeah. build a whole new game around it. Right, um, charge seventy bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, like. Definitely, I would say the Great Sky Island that you start on is probably a third to half of the total surface area oh, of the Sky be. Islands. So, like, you're going to find, like, little patches around, and, of course, there's the one temple, that, or two temples, actually, that are that are up in the sky and all that, right. but for for the most part, yeah, it's you're just kind of, like, it's like... It's like navigating stars in the galaxy. There, here's mm -hmm. one, and then you know, light years away is another one. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's some good puzzles up there as well. Like yeah. there's, and there's also like one of my most favorite ways that I was able to get around a solution was, you know, those ones that are rotating, the spherical ones which have like yeah. holes in them. Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah, yeah. One of those where best place to do a duplication glitch, by the way. Oh really? Okay. Um, <laughs> There's one of those where you're supposed to get like these really heavy blocks inside, but they're like further down on a sky island. You have to basically like, you know, use a balloon to get up there, put them in and drop them and land them on like the, a switch to put the switch down. But I got up sure. there without anything and I was inside. I was like, and these, there must be a way for me to like put enough weight on this thing to weigh it down without having. My this. God, so, I've. I banged my head against that one for probably about half hour, 45 minutes before I oh, realized, really? oh, wait, this thing rotates so I can actually get under there. <laughs> <It's> yes. <like laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, look for those spheres. Those are some some pretty interesting uh, puzzles and probably some of the best stuff to do up there. And then, of course, there are the Sky Islands that have the the King Gleox and the Constructs and all that, you know, all those mini-bosses. Um, I, I just found a brand new currency that I've never seen before. And I was like, what is this? Have you guys seen those Sage's Will things? Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. what the hell is this? Yeah, I only have like three I've, of them as well. And I never figured out what to do with them either. So I can, I've, I've found like 10 of them. If you, y'all want me to kind of ruin what it is. I'm pretty sure I know where I'm you fine, take yeah. them. I, yeah. I think you take so, them to yeah. that to that like thunder place, right? There's like take them. Well, you take them to the goddess statue. Yeah, goddess you take statue it to a goddess a statue. Yeah. And basically, for every four, you can upgrade one of your sages' attack power. Uh, okay. So I mean, they they're 
they're they're useful but not <laughs> you know like basically you you can choose to make one of your sages stronger so of course i did uh tulin first because you know he's got the range um can you and... do your construct when you get that spoilers mm -hmm. i guess can you upgrade your uh your construct when you get that spoilers i, I don't guess, maybe i don't know um i i've i've only found 10 so i've upgraded two sages i hadn't found the fifth sage before I upgraded the last one. So I've upgraded uh, what's her name? The Gerudo leader, Riju. And I've upgraded uh, Tulin. And I'm trying to find more of them, but they're so much harder to find. Because, you know, there's only yeah. a few of them up there. So, right. um, But yeah, that's, that's what you do with unique. them. Take them to a goddess statue and you can upgrade I've only, a sage. I've only got one, so I guess I am yeah. have my work cut out for me. The um, I just got the MBZ, I don't know if you heard the show at all, but I beat the game with three um, sages, and that was hard. So I just got oh. the the construct actually, and that is so cool. It was that's yeah. a, so fun. You can just it's ride awesome. on it like a little mech thing. Like oh yeah. my gosh, I loved it. I had no idea about that thing, and when I got to that part, I was like, Are you kidding me? Like right, this whole like <laughs> new mechanic like this late in the game. It's and I had, so cool. I had seen those in like videos. I'm like, what the heck is that thing? I just assumed it was somebody like you. You can see like the ridiculous things that people build right. in like that game, and I thought it. it was just one of yes. those. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect the game to give you your own mech to yeah. customize. Like it's. it's I was. That makes so much sense. And then I just went on a ramp. I was like, I'm going to take on every Bacoblin den that I can see. You guys don't see <laughs> yeah. chats. It's just so fun. Uh, yeah, it, this game I'd forgotten so that you had only just found that last time. So so I didn't want to spoil yeah. the whole the whole adventure of getting building it and getting it yeah. to the spot and, and all that. Because oh, you that really was fun. just kind of steamroll all those enemies on the way. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. Even getting the, I guess, the, getting all the MacGuffins to build mm -hmm. the construct, I thought that was even kind of fun, you know? More fun than, like, the Fire Temple, for example. I think we talked about that. That was yeah. probably my, like, least favorite one. But, um, yeah, I... I had no idea there was a fifth temple. I had no idea there was a fifth sage until, like, you know, I got to the end game and I was like, what? There's, what? What's going on here? And, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, welcome surprise like i i beat the game and there's just so much more that like i haven't even explored mm. so like this is going to be the game yeah. that i think i'm playing like all year long for sure for sure for sure i, I guess you didn't get the last cutscene of the game then because you have to have done all of the main quest stuff to get that um, oh so okay i did i did that. get a cutscene at the end of the game and i and i was like I didn't find all the shrines, so... Cause yeah, it's that... not tied to that. It's tied okay. to main quests, so if you do all... That's including the Master Koga stuff in the depth, so if you do all the main... I didn't stuff... know there was another cutscene I'm missing. I'm going to have to go beat be Ganon again, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you do all the main quests, then there's one last one you get, basically. Oh, cool. Okay, that's exciting, actually. I'm going to have to go do that. Yeah, so uh, I'm... Uh, I'm... I, I don't know... I think that Nintendo, the, they did such a great job with this game probably because the engine was already built right you know they could mm -hmm. just kind of focus on making the perfect gameplay and they're just masters at that and i think they've totally achieved their goal there you know like i yeah. 
It, 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 yeah, just a great game. The fact but, that um, this game doesn't break either is insane. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I have a video of a thing in a shrine that looks like I'm so close to breaking the game and then it doesn't break, and I'm like, how? Any other <laughs> game dev, like, that would have fallen apart, but they somehow just, like, made it work. It's. I think also Anuma said that the last year of development was just polish. Like, they finished the game and mm. everything, and it was just, let's make sure this never breaks, and it never breaks, and it's nuts, uh, given how yeah. big and how many physics has, interactions there are. It's crazy. Has anybody been able to trigger, like, a panic blood moon or anything in, in Tears of the Kingdom? Because I know that Not people me. used to, like, make that their goal in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I think you can do it by... Um... Uh, I've, I think I've seen like a TikTok on it or something like if you go and like buy a bunch of items and then like there's just, like a couple of sequences that you can do to make it happen. But I don't I've think never it's the, done quite it the in, same. In, yeah, I've never done it in Breath of the Wild because I don't go out of my way to completely break the game. Like I'll explain sure. a few glitches, but, you know, but my, my, my son's been just like wrecking his his Breath of the Wild game, like doing everything he can to to uh to break it and exploit glitches and and all of that and he I, he asked me like how do you get how do you get a blood moon i'm like well there are two ways to do it one is just do a lot of stuff so that the ram has to refresh and the other is do a bunch of stuff so that it panics and it's like oh crap we need to reset everything now or lose the game <laughs> right and yeah i haven't run into like I remember when the game first came out, they're like, oh, the frame, there are frame rate issues. I don't think I've run into a single moment in that game where the frame rate dropped enough for me to notice. Like I, I've uh, noticed maybe, a little bit, but not, not enough yeah. to care, honestly, for me. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's where Ultra I'm Ultra Hand is the main offender, really. Like, if you're in yeah. a crowded place, a lot of trees using Ultra Hand, then you will really see it drop a lot. But that's the main... It's just consistent whenever you do that, because it's doing complex stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's the thing, is, like, like I've gotten into these... You know, you, you charge into these uh, enemy camps with either, you know, that, that battle group that you meet or, you know, with all of your sages or both and, like, there might be a little hiccup in the frame rate here or there, but I've never reached a point where I thought that the frame rate dropped to an unmanageable point. Like, that game is just it is it is smooth as butter and I guess it helps that the engine was built for the Wii U, basically. So, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, if they totally. can if they can milk one more awesome game out of this engine and map i will totally buy it um you know mm -hmm. maybe 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 one more is the limit um you know i i, I would like to see a completely rebuilt hyrule or or something yeah. like that but i think they have to do a brand new area for the next yeah. game for me like yeah i have expand beyond game. the borders that would be something yeah, they could do sure. all that land Ooh, that yeah. you can see and all the sea you can see out beyond mm -hmm. hyrule like put something out there yeah, I, I have loved this game, but the thing that is missing is that sense of wonder that Breath of the Wild had the first time, right? You can't re replicate that impact when you have this same world, and um, the depth sure. did some of that for me, but um, but yeah, I think that's, for me, the contention in my mind of like which one I like more is like, well, the impact of Breath of the Wild was much larger, but this is so refined, like it's a, it's, it's tricky to balance it. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I so remember I spending, I remember spending like probably... Oh, got hours and hours on the Great Plateau before mm. I even got off of it, just because there was so much to do there, and it was you know just always discovering new things. Yeah. Um. So yeah. yeah, like, um, 
it's kind of the same way I felt about A Link Between Worlds, really. Like, A Link Between Worlds was a great game, and it was great to have that throwback to my favorite Zelda game of all time, my first Zelda game of all time. But it did lose that sense of exploration of, oh, oh yeah. look at this huge new world, because I knew where oh. everything was. I had played this yeah. game for decades, you know? <laughs> like, So, yeah, right. I kind of see that, but, like, like, if they could take the depths, the Hyrule... Sky Islands and expand it beyond the borders and make another game out of it, I would totally be on board, especially if they give me more to explore in Hyrule, but definitely the game engine and, and the gameplay concept is is like, clearly it works for me, because yeah. I've spent hundreds mm-hmm. of hours in these games. <laughs> yeah, I would love them to keep the same engine to maybe, because um, you could see that six years with the same engine, the same map, well, slightly the same map, like what it did mm-hmm. for Tears of the Kingdom, you know, it like gave them a lot of time to, like you said, NBZ, like the whole year to just polish, you know? So that would be my fear of them trying to create something so big um, and then potentially for another console too. So I, I would like to see at least one more game maybe in this same engine, maybe not the exactly the same map, but the same engine, and then go and do your old, your crazy thing that I'm sure you're going to do next. But um, yeah, I think that there was a lot to be said with them having used this same um, Zelda engine because they were just able to polish, to refine. Like There is not anywhere near the amount of quests or dialogue right. you know like just so much going on can, so real, i know we've been talking about zelda for a while and i'm going to shift gears here in a second but i just realized that the dialogue options are so insane because the characters will even talk about like the weather you know so like and i, I yes, just thought that i noticed it was... that too like if it's raining they'll comment on it yeah they all run so around like how in, like Hateno village they'll run for shelter and like cover yeah. themselves all that sort of stuff so how much like you know different dialogue did they just have to come up with alone you know like how and how much different uh um sequences in the in the um in the code like okay it's raining now so at this point you're gonna say this thing and then move on to the rest of the stuff that you're saying or i love the fact that like if i've already completed a quest um, the person has something yeah. to say about that even, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, you've already found mm-hmm. this, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's just cool to me. Yes. It's like a little nothing, yeah. but it's, they, Nintendo thought about that, you know, and it, it's cool It's that extra me. step, that. right? Like I remember Breath of the Wild have that as well, where in Hateno there was like a, uh, a place to sleep, uh, an inn basically. And I stood on the table while talking to the person and they were like, uh, <laughs> sir, excuse me, right. uh, can you not like, and I'm like, wow, okay. Like, crazy. <laughs> Did you know that anytime you don't have a shirt on, pretty much everybody has something different to say to you too in yes. uh, Tears of the yeah. I, It's just, it's wild. Oh, I so. have a new goal. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I did make it a point about, to, to my first uh, interaction with Pura in, yes. in Kakariko. I made it a point to meet her completely, completely naked because of her reactions sure. in uh, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Yeah, do do that because there's some stuff. So I want to talk about one more game. I know we're going a little bit long, but um, this is actually the game I played most this week. I went to Walmart with the full intention of getting Pikmin and just playing that. And we already talked that I haven't played a lot of Pikmin because I went back and played Pikmin 3 because I'm a loser. But I also picked up um, Catherine Full Body because it was on sale. And I love the Catherine games. And so I popped that in, like, you know, just literally with the intention of just kind of just playing it for a little bit. And I am hooked. It is just uh, a really great 
palate cleanser to Tears of the Kingdom for me because it's just so different, you know? I, for those of you who've never played Catherine, it's basically a, a puzzle game built inside of a, I guess, a relationship game, kind of, I guess, in a relationship yeah, so RPG. I've been, like, morbidly puzzle. curious about this game yeah. for years and have never been able to pull the trigger on it because it just looks so weird. <laughs> it's so yeah. fun. It's and Atlas, I've right? um, so it's, it's got that yep. kind of weirdness to it. Yep, it's Atlas, so, so it does have, like, your um, your persona hooks in there, um, too. Like, uh, you, you kind of see some of the, maybe not the same characters, but, like, some of the same themes anyways. But, um, yeah, I I just love it. It's just a, a pure, pure puzzle game. Basically what it is is there's, um, you're trying to climb up, like, a, almost like a pyramid, and um, each block of the pyramid um you can move or pull kind of almost like pushmo style and you're oh, trying to like to me i was yeah. almost gonna say that yeah. yeah yeah and then you're just trying to get up to the top that's pretty much the whole um shtick of it and some of the blocks might have like a spring on it some of the blocks might have like a, a trap you know to like deter you but the end of the the end goal is to climb up some structure in a certain amount of time um, and yeah, it's just, it's just pure gameplay goodness. I highly recommend it if you can find it on a sale. I looked at it on the eShop and I think it was still It like goes on sale in the eShop all the time. Yeah. yeah it's so always like, on sale in the eShop, so you can probably get it for under 20 bucks easily. Totally, yeah. And I looked and I was like, well, it's not on sale in the eShop. I guess I'll just get it from here at Walmart. I think it was like 25 bucks. And yeah, not don't regret it at all. So um, yeah, Catherine Full Body. Um, it's, it's an older game, but it's fun. Oh yeah, I think that was like PS3, wasn't it? It was PS3. Yep, PS3. Yeah. Was, um, uh-huh, totally. It was Atlas yeah, basically, I, at least Persona team, getting to grips with a PS3 hardware for Persona 5, and then right. Persona 5 came out on PS4. Still came out on PS3, still. You can still buy that game on PS3, but um, yeah, it was, it's pretty wild how long uh, it takes them to make those games. Well, now that I know somebody mm -hmm. who's actually played that game, I'm, I'm going to have to try it, because like I said, I've, I've been hearing about it, and like people love it, but I look at it, I'm like... I don't know what this is. Mm. Like, like you said, it looks like a dating mm. sim, and you know, it's all M-rated, and looks like it's you know, you know, very anime, weeby, waifu, creepy sort of thing. Yeah. But then it's this pushmo style puzzle game, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, and I'm not dumping twenty bucks on it. <laughs> but, but now that it's, I know somebody who's played it, who's yeah. Yeah, you you can totally skip like the date. Well, you can't really like skip it. I guess you have to do some of the stuff there. Basically, what happens is you all at the end of each day, I guess you meet at a bar with your friends, and then there's like mm. you know some RPG element type stuff that That's you cool. have to do there. You know, you have to like talk to the, this person to talk to tell him about like something that happened in your dream the last night. You know that type of thing. And uh, yeah, I, I I adore this game. It's so fun. Do you know what the, the your your description of the gameplay reminds me of is the Professor Layton games where you have this like mm. mystery story that goes on in cutscenes and then you have a puzzle game that is not really attached yeah, kinda to the, related. the story yeah. itself, but yeah. you know it pushes but the game the along. That's think about Catherine though. It is related because oh. the puzzle sequence is in your dreams and you're like okay i'm gonna maybe minor spoilers here the game is called Catherine because you're dating a girl named Catherine, but you're there's this other girl named Catherine with a k and she's trying to 
you're you don't want to cheat on your Catherine with a C, but she's coming on to you, and then you have nightmares and dreams about it, and that's like what the whole thing. I love this game. I I just like uh, if you're interested in it at all, yeah, pick it up on a sale. Um, especially you, Justin. I think you would really like this game because it's very, very chill. You know, like you don't have to. Uh, maybe not chill, but very. Uh, you know, you can you can pick it up in like ten minutes and then put it down and then pick it back up and then you know it's totally fine type of thing. You know, so I love it. W- would fun. you recommend it to people who like Pushmo? Because I was a big Pushmo fan, and um, if it's kind of similar puzzle wise, then it, if you can get past like the weeby, and I like that, I actually go <laughs> yeah. there for that. But if you can get past like the weeby anime, like you, there's going to be all that weird stuff there. If you can get past yeah. that, then totally. Look, I played all the Dang and Romper games, Zero Escape. Sure. Sure. That's not my cup of tea, which is one of the things that that kind of turned me off to it. Is I am not yeah. like huge anime fan, like this. You know things here and there, Cowboy Bebop. You always have and, you to know, caveat like that, it, but, right? That's yeah. the thing. It's like, the, like I love the Dang and Romper games so much. The stories are incredible. There is a lot of weird bull. <laughs> like, yeah, to, totally. Like, what uh, James on uh, on an uh, NWR uh, Nintendo World Report calls yeah. it anime is happening. Yes. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like, yeah. like you just anime is happening and you pretty much know what that means. It's going to get <laughs> weird mm-hmm. and maybe a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing this in front of your significant other male or female, like you, you're going to be looking over <laughs> a little don't. bit like, Hey, sorry. I, I didn't write this story. Okay. So like, it's <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's kind of all what I've been playing. I'm, I'm, probably gonna beat that stupid game because i'm kind of hooked at this point but um yeah thank you um nbz for joining us this week um it was been a pleasure um thank you thank you thank you do you have any other final plugs that you want to um tell the people before we get out of here sure thing yeah if you uh if you want to listen to more of me you can head over to um this nintendo life you can find it on various podcasting apps uh, we're on spotify we're on stitcher just search for this nintendo life and should be able to find us youtube all those places and um yeah uh, you can follow me on twitter at lord nbz um where i'm mainly gonna be tweeting about pikmin i think for the foreseeable <laughs> future but um but yeah uh, that's that's my stuff Awesome. Justin, thank you for for joining us. And I know you've been, I read your article that you posted on your website, actually. I was going to say, I forgot to plug my stuff because, you know, we we have a guest here. But yeah, uh, check out uh, the DisneyParkBench.com. I got a new blog on there. Uh, writing currently writing a review of the new Indiana Jones movie. So, you know, those that'll be on there soon. Um, And for the love of God, if anybody else there, NBZ, I'm throwing this out to you too. Anybody else out there has a love of Disney, Disney theme parks, I need people to contribute to this because I'm managing this whole website all by myself and it is painful. <laughs> I, I actually, so I went to, I was, uh, I was just talking to Eugene about this before we started recording, but I went, I was in San Francisco and LA earlier this year and I went to uh, Disney for the first time oh, that must have been there. like a pilgrimage for you yeah no it was amazing um and even yeah, i've I, I, never been oh really okay so I, i've um, only I, been to the resort in florida oh wow so i went super early so that i could get on rise the resistance at rope drop that's what i did like i looked up a bunch of tactics all that sort of stuff and i managed to go on it and that is the best ride i've ever been on it is oh it was astounding. awesome we did it twice on on our on our trip um yeah. Like we were with, on our second day. To, this is a completely different podcast. <laughs> on our second day, going to uh, Hollywood Studios, we're like, "All right, do we want to ride 
Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway again, or do we want to do Rise of the Resistance again? And I'm like, this is my birthday trip. Rise of the Resistance is probably the best ride we've been on ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to do that one again. If we're going to pay money to ride a ride again, it's going to be That's Star the Wars. One. Yes, the absolutely. saddest, the saddest part was the uh, the A1000 Kylo Ren that that you know like pulls yeah, your cut yeah, was yeah. not working oh, either no! time we went no. on it. So. So we only had like the the movie screen of him outside in the Tie Fighter instead, that. which kind of sucked. But uh, same thing with I don't know if you've been to uh, the uh, Avatar uh, Pandora in, in Disney no, World, but there's an awesome animatronic of one of the Navi that wasn't working when we went on that ride either. Anyway, this is not the Disney podcast. <laughs> this is the Infendo Radio podcast. I'm going to throw this to Eugene to close us out. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Adios. Thank you, MBZ, again. Bye.